is going on tribe it's your man clef and this is episode 36 of the social african show you already know it's the social african show where we chop it up with entrepreneurs of african origin and today <laughs> we've got none other than my sister caroline moore is in the building tribe <laughs> what is going on caroline oh wow it's so good to be here i don't know why but i'm looking forward to tonight's interview so let's see how it goes it's my pleasure absolute pleasure having you on my sister are you ready to chop it up absolutely ready to chop it up <laughs> let's go right. now for those who don't know caroline moore is the ceo of eureka productions limited they are an organization that specializes in content creation media buying, public relations, and media broadcasting. Caroline has held several events and partnered with several other media companies on projects that help individuals discover their purpose in life. And she's passionate about executing creative ideas that help people achieve their dreams. Caroline, yeah. I've given the tribe a little bit about you just now, sister. Take it away. Let's talk about your personal life and a bit about your African heritage as well. Okay. So let's talk about that personal life. So while you were talking about, or while you were trying to share a little bit about me, every single time I hear the word purpose, I just get these goosebumps. Like if you just want to define me in totality, I feel one of the ways you can do that is um, I'm so passionate about every living human being getting the opportunity to live their purpose, the exact reason why I think um, they're living. And once you find that and you start to live that, you enjoy every single bit of life. It becomes a new um, day for you. And for me, that's what keeps me going every single day, you know. So um, African heritage, okay. Yes. So I am born to um, Nigerian parents. My parents actually have two nationalities so they're nigerian and they're british at the same time <laughs> i see i get it so what's your what's your family like is it a big family are you uh just you brothers sisters yes me brother sisters but my nieces and nephews um my in-laws that's my sister's husbands and all that they're all part of my family as well so oh, i can big say yes extended family absolutely <laughs> that's deep so where were you born were you born in nigeria or in the uk I was born in the UK, in Manchester, to be precise, oh, right. and then moved to Nigeria. And um, I started doing some works in Nigeria. And for me, I found purpose. Though I know what I do is kind of like going global and will still be global. But mm -hmm. first and foremost, I want to appreciate um, my experience in Nigeria. I think I wouldn't have been able to get that experience anywhere else. So even if I go global now, it's going to, or it has already carved a niche for me which i think wouldn't have been carved anywhere else i see how old were you when you moved to nigeria uh, about 16 years old so uh 16 landed in nigeria how's that for you because obviously growing up in the uk you lived a certain life mm. from zero to 16 and then you land in lagos it's a whole different vibe mm. what went on how was that for you 
Um, it wasn't. First of all, I didn't like it. I can't. Um, <laughs> I can't lie about that. I must tell you the truth. Yeah, a lot of things were different. Um, it was so hard to first of all, you know, accept the environment. It was strange. Even driving from the airport down to and seeing the police with guns and all that, it just looked weird. I was like, what's going on? Why are they holding? long rifle guns and all that but they explained to us that that's how it is and then people selling stuff in traffic and all those weird stuff mm-hmm. and then getting to know the people and um the culture around was was hard but after some time we just dived into it and um accepted it and especially when i started media works yeah um i remember the first time i was to do a job and i was told Sorry, this cockney you're speaking is not going to work. You know you want to sell. <laughs> you're going to have to water down this accent. Yeah, yeah. And so one of the ways I could do that was learn other languages like Yoruba, um, started to try and speak pidgin English. And that made the accents, you know, go down. And I would intentionally try and sound, you know, just in the middle there. So More Nigerian more Nigerian yeah. so that I could actually sell in the media market. <laughs> gotcha. That's deep. That is deep. So you yeah. had to adjust yeah, your, your, so your ways. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So how did you um, get into media then? So you landed at 16. Did you just straight get into it? And when you landed, did you just go by yourself or was it parents and family? Oh, it was parents and family. What made you make the move? Oh, yeah, that was really deep. Uh, wow, mm, this is taking a different turn. Okay, so... I feel um, my dad has a connection with Nigeria that I don't think is ever going to go away. Um, so he would spend more time in Nigeria doing his business and everything. And he's a politician and all that. And so uh, my mom wasn't really finding it funny. So she was like, you know what? Since you like spending a lot of time in Nigeria, why don't we just all move to Nigeria? And it looked like a joke, really. It did, first of all, start like a joke, but she was not having it. And that was it. We just moved. Wow. And he was, like, I, <laughs> just and he was like, are you really serious about this thing that you're doing, about this thing you're saying? And she was like, you mean, I'm not kidding. We're all moving to Nigeria. If you want to stay there for longer um, months and all that, and we're not having it, you know, and that was just how it happened. Wow. That's that crazy. So, so you didn't even have a choice <laughs> in the matter. You just basically found Absolutely yourself. Not. Boom, we, would have, we would even have run away if we had the choice, we, oh, but there was nowhere God. to run to. It was like, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah, God, yeah. we're going to Africa. <laughs> oh, wow. That's crazy, but look, yeah. how, look what it's turned to now. Now, I'm very glad I asked that question because it leads straight into oh. the next one because I just couldn't help myself. I had to ask you, when did you get the Eureka moment <laughs> for oh. you to launch your brand, uh, when did it come to you? Because obviously you talked about doing media and toning it down so you can sell media. Mm-hmm. But when did the idea come to you that you can actually do media? For me, Eureka, Eureka Moments TV show um, came alive just a few years ago. But when it comes to media, I've actually been in media for so many years. Now, Eureka Moments are actually moments that I think people experience every day if they're aware that there's anything like a Eureka Moment. And once you realize that there are moments of um, realization which take place, could even take place three times in a day, it's just that people don't know that there are things like that. So how did I, first of all, realize that this is what I want to do? I think the passion has always been there. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to talk. And I love to talk about things that would, once I start realizing that what I'm saying is making a difference to the person I'm talking to, I can be on that discussion for the next 10 hours 
without stopping. And I mean every word I'm saying. But more than just talking, I needed to be able to put down what I'm saying. And I loved telling stories. So I would start telling stories in a classroom. And within 30 minutes, um, the whole room would be filled up. Wow. And trust me, I did not know the story before I started. I would just start telling the story off my head. That's deep. I'm telling you. And I would just keep going on and it would just keep forming into something interesting. And they'll be like, and I would just say, you know what? I'm tired, guys. I'm not going on. And they'll say, okay, what do you want? A drink? We'll get you a drink. What do you want? Lunch? We'll get you lunch. Just don't stop. Oh, wow. So from there, I felt like, oh, I love this thing that I'm doing and I'm going to do more. So I started writing the stories down and taking it to media houses and telling them, look, I have stories for sale. Do you want to buy them? And funny enough, they started buying the synopsis and one thing led to another. And from there, I would write everything that's to do with creative writing from writing stories and writing movies and um, writings for TV shows and you name it. And from writing them, I would also want to be part of the content creation. I would also want to act in some of these um, TV series. So I did a lot of acting. Okay, some acting, actually. before I did my first TV presenting um, show as well. Right. Uh, so anytime I got an audition where I could, you know, act, I would go. And anytime there was TV presenting, I would go. And so through school, I would run away, um, go on auditions. I would be on set and I'll go back to class and I just managed to finish. And when I was done, I got this full-time job where I was the head of an internet radio station. There, I was a scriptwriter, producer, um, the on-air personality, the director. I was everything, you know. Wow. So I think that helped <laughs> to harness all of the um, different um, gifts and skills that I had when it comes to media. I was only in that organization for three years, and I felt like it was time for me to go do my thing. Registered my own media company. Great. Started creating content for my clients. Um, creating adverts, TV adverts, radio adverts, and different kinds of media contents. I see. Um, radio, TV, prints, everything you think about when it comes to media, creating awareness, um, marketing, communications. And um, I had done TV presenting before this job. And all of a sudden, I would just see my colleagues doing all the things that I love doing. But I was so busy making money that I didn't, you know, pay attention to the things that were really my core areas. Got you. And all of a sudden, I just felt like, yeah, I just want to do this now. I think I need to start talking again, not just making adverts and placing adverts and buying media for my clients. I need to talk. I have messages. I have things that need to change um, different aspects of life, different areas of life. I need to cause some paradigm shifts. So how am I going to do this? And I just felt like every single day, there's a moment when a person realizes something that they've not realized before. And I started looking at people's lives and why they're stuck in places or why there's um, things go on the way they go on. And I feel like sometimes we ignore the signs, signals, the messages that come to us daily. Um, Information gets to us daily. Um, Sometimes when we're stuck in a rut. Something is telling you this is the way out, but you keep ignoring it. Sometimes it's just a family member, a loved one. Sometimes it's a nudge. Sometimes it's an instinct. Sometimes it's even a TV series that you're watching or a book that you're reading. Mm -hmm. And it keeps speaking to you, but you keep ignoring it. And the situation doesn't change because you refuse to embrace 
your eureka moment. But that eureka moment can only have an impact in your life if you act on it. That's crazy. So you've been putting in the work. Like it sounds like that. That is crazy because the value I want to take away from that is you found your niche, something you're passionate about, but you didn't just sit back and hope for the best. You actually started putting in work. Yeah. You worked in radio, you did the TV, any opportunity to do an acting gig, you went for it. Yeah. Um, you actually did the radio thing where you're doing basically an entrepreneur. You were running the whole show and then you quit, you know, and then you obviously went your own way, built your own media company and now Eureka TV. So sort of from the media company to Eureka TV, let's fill in that gap. How did you get there? Okay, so um, it first of all started as an online show, uh-huh. online TV show. So it was just like a TV show, Eureka Moments TV show. All I'm going to do is interview successful people and have them share their Eureka Moments. Once a person can share their story, it's real to life. Someone in the same situation will be able to relate to it. And I try and ask them questions that will make them tell the true story. Because a lot of times people just talk about the surface things. They don't talk about the down days and when things were not working. They don't talk about when they were really scared to take the steps and all the no's and all the negatives and every terrible thing they go through. And even after you're doing well and living the dream, there are still bad days. There are still terrible challenges. There are still setbacks, etc. So we get them to share that on the show. And so the TV show was going not so bad. But then all of a sudden I realized that, you know what? No matter how ideal a thing is, it needs to be monetized. Yes. So I felt like, okay, so how much of the money am I going to use from the existing company to continue running this TV show? No matter how passionate I was about it, just getting the message out there, just interviewing people and ensuring that every young and aspiring person is being in- inspired, being empowered, being encouraged, you know, um, renewing hope in them, making them discover purpose. But how am I going to keep this thing going and how will it grow from where it is if it's not been monetized? So I had to do a lot of talking to myself and telling myself it's the right thing to do. Monetize it. <laughs> and monetizing it made it grow from just a TV show. It had to become like a TV production house. Got you. Where different areas had to be built to it. So going for events wasn't part of it before. But now, you know what? Why sit down here and wait for people to come for the interviews? Why don't we just go get them where they are? Yes. So we started going to events where we could get like five people, five successful folks, 10 of them at the same event. And then while we're doing that, why don't we make fantastic content out of these and um, build the content around the message of the person that the convener of the event Mm -hmm. and tell them, look, we're going to create wonderful content for you. Right. And this is what it's going to take. So we want to exchange value. And that's what um, I think life is all about. It's about value exchange. That's crazy because, I mean, it's safe to say in the media space in Nigeria, you're doing your thing. I see what you do, like I said, and I'm a fan. For that, actually, you're my sister. Well, it's safe to say you're an authority in the space. So I will go down asking you how to get in. But before we do that, you talked about monetizing. If there's someone in the space who's got a YouTube channel, podcast, some kind of blog, what's the best way they can monetize or how have you monetized your platform? You have to create a niche for yourself. So I created a niche for myself. It's content creation, but the kind of content I create, I realize that nobody 
um, in the industry is doing it the way we're doing it. Nice. So it was so hard for people to say no because they needed it. Like there was no organization in the world that would not need content. Yep. And content creation is like key, but it has to be able to hit the points. Those are the vacuums, the targets of your client or your customer. Mm -hmm. That was it. So that's what we did. We would get into the organization, our targets, our clients. We knew who our clients were, our customers, who they were that needed us and that we needed them as well because they had to have the kind of people that we wanted on the show. Yeah. So we would use like, like they would say one stone to kill about three birds. So, <laughs> nice. it would, <laughs> so it would, it would fill in the gaps for us at the same time. It would fill in the gaps for them so that they would be able to get value from it in order to be able to pay for it. Straight up. <laughs> and pay being the key word there because uh, us creatives I know how it is sometimes you're creating mm -hmm. stuff and you're thinking oh, I don't want to charge for it because if you don't get it monetized it will not grow and it will not get the message that needs to get out out Absolutely. so I really really thank you for taking us there now on the flip side if someone is looking to get into the industry what's one advice that you can give them to say if you do this you can get in or even get ahead Okay, I always tell people, first and foremost, search and be sure that that's your area. Mm -hmm. Because if, you, if it comes to you naturally, it's, you're going to have that niche, no doubt about it. Right. And once you find out and you're sure that you have the skills, the gifts, the talents, then you have to connect it with what works, what really works. And how do you get that done? You need to go for some trainings, no matter how good your voice is, no matter how good you are um, writing or whatever creative kind of person you are um, that wants to come into the media industry because it's massive. Trust me, it's massive. There's so much um, different aspects. But whenever you find what is your particular area or your particular um, creative aspect, you need to get a training. You need to be trained. You need to. Um, know the way it's really done. And then once that is done, you need people to know. You have to let everyone know that you do it. So you don't sit down in one place. You just keep knocking every single door down and letting them know what you can do. And try as much as possible to continue to develop yourself because it, it just, it, it happens like every single day, there's something new. You just have to keep getting better, keep developing yourself, keep training yourself and keep going out there and letting everyone know what you do. Now, you have to have a niche. You just have to have a niche. And trust me, no matter how saturated the industry seems, if you have that niche, that unique niche, once you come in, you will dominate your own space. Yeah, that's deep. <laughs> that is pure fire. <laughs> now, Caroline, you know the entrepreneurship game. It's high sometimes. It's like, yo, I've made it, mom. Look at me. And then sometimes it's like, I want to hide. Let the ground open up and swallow me. Mm -hmm. So it's like high and low, <laughs> you know, left, right, and center sometimes. Let's talk about a low time. Take us to a point in your journey so far that you'd consider as your lowest entrepreneurial moment. Okay, I, I could, I'm going to share one with you. A death experience, I could call that. I've, that's what I like to call it because it, it was like I was dying. Uh, we were working on a project and it was fantastic. I felt like the idea was everything. Um, we pitched it to a particular organization. It's a global organization. Um, they call us in for a meeting. We pitch it. Everyone's mm. loving it. Um, I didn't even know the meeting was going to go that well. 
And so we leave. And I'm like, over the moon, like, yes, we just hit it. We got it. They accepted us. It's going out there. It's going to work. <laughs> we could almost have a party that night. Wow. And then in the morning, wow. I get a message from the organization to send um, an action plan ASAP. I'm like, okay, action plan. Now, I'm this overly analytical person. Mm-hmm. And I want everything to be prim and proper and perfect. So I'm gonna I'm actually gonna get to the point where I'm gonna advise people not to do some of those things I just said. <laughs> <laughs> and in the process of doing that, we took seven days to get the action plan ready. Right. We sent it. Sent it to the seventh day, and um our contact person said that they had seen the um action plan and that was it. Everything went silence, no messages from them, no response, nothing. And I was like, what's going on? Where did we get it wrong? And everyone keeps saying, you took too much time. Your action plan should be ready in 24 hours or 48 hours. Mm -hmm. That's a total red flag. I couldn't do anything else. I couldn't pick up a pen. I couldn't do anything. I just, every single second I would wait and check for my mail, I'll check my mailbox, I'll check my phone, I'll check every platform to see. I tried every point to try and reach out to get across to them. And I was like, what's going on? And I tried to move away from it and just, you know, okay, fine, this is not going to work. These guys have given up on you and everything. And I was like, but no, I want it. I want it so bad. I wanted to do anything I can, but that was it. And it was hard. I'm saying it now and I can feel those emotions but we learned a lot as a team we had to come back together and say how did we where did we get it wrong Mm -hmm. and what are the things that we're going to do never to have such experience again so right now we go for a meeting we're prepared trust me if you ask me for the action plan right at the meeting there the action plan is already ready (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) wow nice so that's deep because i was gonna say oh tell us the lessons you learned but you actually did you're telling stories caroline let's keep it going as we mentioned right it's high it's low let's talk about a high what would you say so far in the journey has been your highest entrepreneurial moment the very best. Okay, so we have very a best. few of them. Um, let me look at the very best one. So we had this event. I wasn't sure if it went so well because for me, you could always you can always do better. Uh-huh. It's never perfect for me. And I'm like, okay, okay, so this was good, yes, but we could do better. And when we do better, oh, that was good as well, but we can do better. I like it. So everyone was like, oh, it's a beautiful one and everything. And people talked about the impact and all the benefits. And I'm at this meeting with the clients. And the meeting is going on in the boardroom and the television is on. And all of a sudden, here comes my event. It pops up (laughs) on the screen and everybody pauses and like, hey, that's that's her. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, and I'm like, yes, could we just take 15 minutes (laughs) to watch this event? (laughs) Yeah. And so the rest is history, like they say, because I didn't even wow. need to do too much talking anymore. No, so did, that's why I said cha-ching. <laughs> that just sold it for you straight away. <laughs> you know, nice. and I, I went to pitch something else. 
Mm-hmm. And before we finished, they're like, oh, and you can do this for us. Yeah, and we want yeah, you to yeah, do yeah. this for us. Yeah. I want you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> now they suddenly been brilliant. like, they believed you. That's crazy. That's <laughs> awesome. And I know that Absolutely. feeling as well when something that you've created, you know, just like you put in blood, sweat and tears and uh, you get that recognition for creative. That's kind of what we're after, really. Like people get to see the message. Absolutely. That's awesome. I could feel the joy. And that's crazy, the, the contrasting emotions because when you <laughs> You talked about the lowest point you were just like oh yeah. i still feel it right now and then yeah. th- this now it's like yeah <laughs> suddenly i could i could see you smiling ear to ear because that's awesome <laughs> yeah (laughs) that's crazy and it leads straight into the next question because we're buzzing right now and that's Mm -hmm. great what's one thing that you've got going on that's got you buzzing right now oh my oh my this you know this (laughs) this interview is like so awesome because each time you ask the questions and i get to answer it it comes with a lot of emotions nice so we're working on a particular project right now I think it's like the biggest of the whole of my career so far as oh, an wow. entrepreneur, as a content creator. No way. Yes. Tell us more. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm going to tell you the name. It's a campaign and it was actually birthed out of one of our lowest moments. We did a project. We invested a lot of money in it, but it was successful, with, but with, there were no returns. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to brainstorm where I could have made a few mistakes and how right. we can still benefit and leverage on the success of the project. And all of a sudden, as I began to write, things just began to drop from deep within my soul. And that's why it's very important that you maximize every season in your life, whether it's high low, positive or negative. There's always something beautiful hidden on the inside of it. And the campaign is called why I am alive. And it's so deep. The campaign is so powerful because we're going to be going across from the grassroots to the elites. So for those that feel like, you know what, I'm just here for no reason. I'm just here for another day just to get a meal and survive the day. No, it's more than that. And then for those that are already doing something, they're making millions of dollars and they're famous and everything your job or the work you do is still not your purpose for living that's just a tool question is are you using that tool wow so the why i'm alive campaign is massive um we're going to be expressing it through different platforms different media platforms Nevertheless, it's empowered and um, it's going to be powered by Eureka Moments TV show. So everything we do with the campaign will be on the TV show. Why am I alive? That's deep. Now, would you be um, starting that off in Nigeria and then bringing it to the rest of the world? How's that going to work? Yes. So we're starting off in Nigeria. Funny enough, I've started speaking to agents in other countries already. So about four different countries are ready for us. They just want us to start off in Nigeria, um, get it established. And they're already doing the findings necessary because in Nigeria, I had to do all the paperwork, the legal works, because it's going to be big. And so I wanted to cover it and secure it legally before we branch out, had to start speaking with authorities here and there. And so once we start um, off in Nigeria and it gains good grounds, then we move to other countries and we plan to go global. 
That's deep. And like I said, I hope it goes very well. But as a matter of fact, I'm sure it will go very well. And whatever you need, let us know. I'll be happy to link it up, get the tribe to check it out. Sure. But Caroline, it's time to take you straight into the lion's den, my sister. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's just quick fire questions. I'll throw them at you. As you come back, we'll put the lions to bed. Okay. The very first one. What is the best African saying you've ever heard? Um, I think I already used it today. And I'm, I think it's African. <laughs> And it's using one stone to kill two birds. <laughs> Aha. All of the old people say it a lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> Use one stone yeah. I think that's the best African birds. one I have. That was crazy. You talked about learning um, a few languages. Have you learned a, an African saying in any other languages that you picked up? Yes. Like, I'm going to say this and it's so deep and I don't even know the meaning of it, but I know when it's supposed to be used. Yes. How about that? <laughs> Let's go. So... Okay, I know it's something about a matchbox or a matchstick because the Shano is like match, match, right? Matchbox, matchstick. But I don't know the rest of it, you know. Tell us more about this, please. All right, say it again and tell us the context. Okay, so Ibi Shano So when I asked what it meant, the person just explained and said, it means from the tiniest signs, you should begin to know when something major is going to happen. And most times major, negatively major. So, uh, for example, just a matchstick can burn down a whole house. Hey, deep. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Let's keep it going, my sister. Do you know, I never thought anyone could get me to speak your Nice, I have, like, <laughs> yeah. I should give myself a pat on the back right now. <laughs> that's no, that's awesome. never happened to me before. That's the first time in my entire life. It shall not be. I was like, it shall not be matchbox, but I don't know what the that's rest the of it is. That's the only I understand yeah. this well. <laughs> you know, neither do I. That's crazy. <laughs> but I keep saying it once in a while because I know the circumstances that it's used for. Makes sense. Now, we touched on this earlier, Caroline, um, before you started doing your thing, being obviously shipped all the way to Nigeria and thinking, what am I going to do? Before you built your brand in the media space, your personal brand, and then Eureka down the line, what was holding you back? Okay, so I'm just going to be straightforward with that. And mm -hmm. um, I hope one day I can help people with that same challenge. And it was fear. Nothing else. All right, right, right. That's deep. Get that a lot, you know. You get that a lot on the shows. Like, it's that fear. Mm -hmm. Was there anything you did to get past that? Could I say there was anything I did? I just kept, I just tried. Um, when you move out and you try, um, if you're lucky and the first thing you get is some form of reception and you're received and accepted, it could help you to just, you know, suppress the fear. Not completely barnish it, but what I can also say is that sometimes when the situation gets to the point where what you desire becomes stronger than the fear, you're just going to have to ignore that fear. It's not like it's no more there. It's actually there, but you're doing it afraid anyway. That's you're it. doing it <laughs> with the fear. Do it with the fear. Feel the fear and just do it anyway. Absolutely. Wow, that's deep. Thanks for sharing that with us because, like I said, it comes up a lot. And it's just basically you can probably never get rid of it, but just do it anyway. Absolutely. Do it. <laughs> just do it. We touched on this earlier, Caroline, social media. 
You said Instagram. You really, really like Instagram. Mm-hmm. Would you say Instagram is a social media platform of choice? Okay, so yes, Instagram is <laughs> okay. my social media of choice all the way. Um, number two would be YouTube for now. Oh, wow. Yes, because obviously yes. you've got TV mm-hmm. and yeah, you want to do YouTube. Exactly. So um, what would you, why would you say Instagram is your top social media platform? Okay, so um, I love content. Right. I love pictures. I love colors. I love locations. I love location sets. I just love it. So I could get caught in. I could tell a story through images and I can get any message through images. So it got me. That's deep. Yeah. And for someone like yourself, IGTV is just launched. Have you done anything on that space with long form um, IGTV content? Yes, I have. Ah, nice. Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> nice. I knew you'd be all over that because that would be I like, am. ooh, nice. Instagram's got long form. I was celebrating when I yes, saw it. It's really cool. Really, really cool. Now, let's talk daily routines, Caroline. For me, it's meditation. I take 10 to 15 minutes, uh, just go to a quiet place, get myself ready, get up and go. Do you have a daily routine for yourself that contributes to your success? Oh, yes, I do. So I wouldn't say it's meditation. Um, It's a form of meditation, but it's a little bit further than that. So I get a quiet place as well, where it's just me. And then I meditate. What am I meditating on? I can say I'm reminiscing. Mm -hmm. And I call it my gratitude moment. Right. And I begin to look at every positive thing and everything that's working and that has worked in the past and that's working presently. And I start to sing and I start to dance. Like, oh, I wow. just have to dance. <laughs> like, I have to dance till I'm sweating. Nice. And the beautiful thing about that moment is right there, mm-hmm. lots of answers begin to come. I never go to that room without a pen and a paper. Mm-hmm. 90% of the projects that I've done, ideas that have come, come in that moment. Wow. 90% of the answers that I'm looking for of how to get a client, how to deal with a particular situation, mm-hmm. how to carve a niche, what's the next stage, what's the next level in my career, all come in that moment. Gratitude is like the most powerful tool I can share with anyone that, look, if you focus on the positivity around you and the things are working and all the good things are going on in your life and you're grateful for them and you say thank you, you will begin to get clarity, no doubt about it. Your eyes begin to open and you begin to see what is right next to you. And if you focus on the negativity, more negativity will surround you. Yeah. And so the truth of the matter is whatever you feed is what grows. So that tool, I can use it anytime, no matter how dark or deep the situation is. Once I get into a quiet room and I start dancing, I first of all reminisce on all the positive stuff. Yeah. I'm grateful in my heart. I turn all the negativity to positivity yeah. and I start to dance and to nice. sing. Oh, and wow. trust me, stuff <laughs> begins to happen. <laughs> That's deep. I absolutely love it. There's actually research to back that up. You cannot smile and be stressed at the same time. Thanks for taking us there, Carla. Yeah. Books. Do you read a lot of books? Yes, I do. If you were going to gift a book to someone in the tribe to say, here's a book for you to read, this book will change your life, which book would it be and why? It would be The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And who's the author? Stephen Colvie. Oh, that's crazy. And why would you recommend that book? It talks about proactivity. And I think it's a very powerful place for every human being to be. Mm. So proactive people, um, and they get less surprises negative surprises they're more successful they're happier 
they're stronger, they're more effective and they get more results. And I think proactivity is something we should apply to every area of our life. That's deep. <laughs> like I said, I'm going to link it up and get the tribe to check it out. Now, I knew the lion's den was scary, but you had nothing to worry about because you've actually conquered the lion's den, Kelly. Happy days. <laughs> That's awesome. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show like you can hear from my voice i've had fun chopping it up with you we're starting to wind things down now and we'll ask a deep question at the end the question is if you had 24 hours to live just now caroline what would you do um say in six decades from now uh, it's just 24 hours left uh what would i do Mm-hmm. I would love to spend it with loved ones that truly love me and want to be around me for everything that is real. And I would also want to ensure that everything that I've built, worked for and acquired on earth has impacted thousands of lives that can actually say, because you lived, I lived. Deep. That is deep. Now, it's a measure of your character, though. You're not only looking at your family, you're looking at the impact you've created to people in general, i.e. everyone in the world. That's awesome. And for what you do, again, my sister, I salute you. We'll end the show now with you sharing a few words of wisdom and the best way that we can connect with you across digital. The advice I want to give people is this. You are created for a purpose. But if you don't get up off your butt, trust me, nothing is going to happen. So don't even wait for one second. Pick up the papers, look into the newspapers, check wherever you can, go on the internet, go to social media, browse, find out what it is that you're supposed to be doing and start doing it right now. Don't give it one more second. Stand up and start taking those steps right now the only person that can stop you and hold you down from becoming great and successful is you it's in your mind change your mindset right now believe in yourself and get up and i'm not saying the fear is going to go away while you're still scared while you're trembling unsure and uncertain stand up and start to take those steps that's all i can say yes deep (laughs) stand up like right now now. and make it happen tribe Mm -hmm. and how best to connect with you caroline social media i think the best place to connect with me is on instagram and what's your instagram eureka moments eureka moments that's awesome i'm gonna link that up and get the tribe to connect with you on instagram i'm also gonna link up where else across digital have you got facebook websites tell us everywhere yes we've got facebook we've got websites and we've got um youtube facebook eureka tv youtube eureka tv and the website is eureka tv t double e dot com yeah nice like i said i'll link it up the tribe will just jump on the page click on it and connect with you Absolutely. again for what you do my sister that eureka tv <laughs> production company the content machine i salute you it's been an absolute honor having you on the show and uh we'll catch up soon eh sure sure thing hey tribe another one kicking it with your man clef and the one and only caroline moore now head over to the socialafricanshow.com for detailed show notes There's links to connect with Caroline. Links to all the resources we talked about, including the books. 
Now, coming up next on The Social African Show is another awesome entrepreneur who's doing her thing in the blogging space. So keep it locked this way, tribe. I'll catch you later. Peace!